Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Bex Burton. Bex, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, hey, audience. It's, it's great to have you here. I'm so glad you joined us. And let me just give kind of a background on you for our listeners in case they're not familiar with you. So Bex Burton is actually a certified dream builder and love coach. She supports smart, successful single women in becoming radiant and magnetic to love so they can actually attract lasting, loving soulmate relationships with amazing men. Now, after failing painfully at love for well over a decade, Beck set out to get to the bottom of what wasn't working. And along the way, she discovered her own personal majesty, accidentally wrote her own true love story, and brought it to life through hula hoop performance art and attracted an extraordinary man who's now her husband. So, Bex, I have to ask you, nobody has ever (laughs) given hula hoop performance art credit for this type of work. So give us kind of a glimpse into how that all got going and how you got started doing the work you do today. Oh, wow. Sure. Uh, well, it's, it's so funny that the, the, the hula hoop was the, the catalyst to bring love into my life. Um, I, at the time, this was uh, about eight, eight years ago, I was a movement professional. I was teaching Pilates, teaching dance, personal training, Thai yoga massage, and I was a hula hoop specialist and choreogra- choreographing large scale dances for hula hoopers and teaching classes, performing at nightclubs and having a whole lot of fun. Um, and also on the lookout for my forever love, my, my, my person. And um, I had been struggling in my dating life and I had come to this point where I I leaned back a little bit. I loosened my white knuckle grip on all the online dating and all the dates that I was going on and all the do-do and go-go and rush-rush and must-have and dig deeper and all of that energy. And simultaneously, there were some things going on in my my movement career. Um, I had been fired from a volunteer performance that I was volunteering my time for and got really like just upset about that and and, and shifted that into, well, you know what, that wasn't really me anyway, and I want to create something that is good for all performers. I want to create this. I had a vision. I had a, a creative vision, and it's just inspired, divinely inspired. I pulled together the, the biggest hula hoop performance piece that I had ever dreamt of. It was, uh, at the time, it was 50 hula hoopers, and um and the, the pieces of music that I pulled together spelled out this love story. I was kind of laughing because I had also broken up with a guy shortly before that. And what I'm getting at, though, is that I was leaning back from, again, that white knuckle grip in my love life. 
and really leaning into the elements of me that make me light up, that make me on fire, the most authentic, expressive me, which is a creative, which is an artist, which is a, a, a dancer, a mover, a shaker, playful, fun. And it just so happened that the the music that I chose spelled out a love story. Again, that was really funny. And in the production of this large-scale hula hoop performance, I received a message through my online dating profile from a man who... On paper, I mean, just, you know, I, I read the message and I was like, whoa, you know, you get a message and it's like, it's, you know, we get these messages that are like, hey, or, or, you know, the messages that are kind of almost there. And this message was there. It was spoke to my soul, you know, maybe three lines, but spoke to my soul. I read his profile and immediately I was just like in totally intrigued, completely intrigued. And, um, gosh, uh, a couple weeks later on our first date, he was asking me about my art and what I was up to and sight unseen, he offered to shoot my uh, performance as a videographer at the time he was. And I was just kind of blown away having video in my background and knowing what that entails. I was like, are you offering really first date? And then a week later, we're at my show with 50 of my dancers and, and I'm performing the piece and I'm, I literally almost like dropped my hula hoop hearing the words of that piece because it, it all came together in that moment that I realized that the, the, the performance, the dance that I had created was a love story, was my own love story that I, I literally had written through my creativity, through my art. And there were all of my people, all of my dancers that I brought together to welcome him into my life. He was there shooting the piece. And the name of the piece was called Hello. I mean, it was just, and not only that, like when, when all was said and done after the performance, he, we, we kind of scuttled off to like a, a little private moment and we sat down and I took a deep breath and he looked at me and he asked me in that moment, so do you believe in soulmates? And I was just blown away because like, 10 minutes earlier, I was like, this is my person. This is not just some good man that I'm going to spend a little time with. This is my person, you know, and my art has confirmed that. And so, um, yeah. So for me, the takeaway in all of that is, you know, and this is what I, this is what I, I try to get across in the women that I work with is that it's not always, you know, our love attraction process is not always about doing more and trying harder and you know, like going out on more dates and that, that, that energy of that's fear-based and scarcity driven, but more of leaning into what is it that makes us our most authentic self? What is it that makes us as women just freaking shine so that we then become the magnet to attract the right person? I love that. I absolutely love that. And, you know, it's funny. There are a couple things that popped into my head as, as you were talking about that and sharing that story. And the first one was, <laughs> I am not a hula hooper. Um, <laughs> and But we had a hula hoop when I was a kid. And I remember trying to do it. Yeah. And it was horrible. And then as an adult living in Boulder, Colorado, 
as you well know. There are <laughs> quite a few adult hula hoopers, especially at concerts and so on. Uh-huh. And I've had friends offer me to, hey, why don't you try this? And I realized why I could never do it was I was trying to make it happen mm-hmm. as opposed to just going with that momentum. And so I was, I don't even remember what the event was, but my friend's like, here, give it a shot. And I was like, sure, why not? And again, I'm trying to do it and it's like total train wreck. You know, I'm like fighting it basically. And then my friend just started talking to me while I tried it again. Mm -hmm. And when I wasn't consciously trying to fix it because I was, you know, I was distracted by her. All of a sudden it works. She goes, see, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And but what caught me was I wasn't doing it. (laughs) So I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think this is such a parallel to what so many people face in relationships. Yeah. Well, how do I make it happen? Oh, yeah. And especially for the the, the feminine, because making something happen, being result-oriented, is very masculine. Yes. And my experience there with that hula hoop was I had to actually be receptive to the hula hoop doing what it did, not me making it do what it does. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is receptivity, which is the feminine. Absolutely. But unfortunately, a lot of us have been trained out of that, right? It's like, no, I can make this happen. So Absolutely. That was the first thing. And the other thing that showed up was you gave the uh, example of, of uh, your guy going, hey, I want to shoot this this video for you. And you're like, seriously? First date? Like, <laughs> yeah. Kind of disproportionate. But you were still open to it. And mm-hmm. why I'm bringing that up is... We very often make up, oh, well, what's he trying to prove or why? And we won't let somebody provide that, mm-hmm. right? It's like, that's too big or he's overcompensating or this must mean something else. Well, he made an offer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, you know, I have to prove myself. It's what he had available that he could offer to support you. Yeah. So it's just interesting because we, we have so many ways where we're trying to control the situation instead of, allowing what's there to happen and actually viewing it for what it is instead of all these fears we have of, oh, that must mean X, Y, and Z. Right. Yeah. I had a a girlfriend of mine who she was dating this man on the first date. He brought her a beautiful dozen long stem roses and she was over the moon. She's like, oh, this is so beautiful. He's so romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long story short, they date for a while, have a terrible falling out. And from then on, if anybody brought her flowers, she didn't trust them. Oh, no. And I'm like, you love flowers. <laughs> now you won't let somebody give you flowers. Do you see how totally this is not in alignment? Yeah. But there was that pain, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, that must mean this. I can't trust a guy who brings flowers. Mm-hmm. But they don't know that. Right. So they're shooting themselves in the foot by doing something that most women will be like, oh, how nice. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's ways we get in our own way. So I want to I want to ask you because clearly we all fall off the path every once in a while. And I'm wondering for you, Bex, what do you find kind of gets you back on the path? Is there a guiding principle? Is there a, a mantra? What is that thing that brings you back when you get off in the weeds? Oh, that's such a great question. Uh, well, I would say, I mean, within my partnership as it is, exists today. The, the guiding principle, the one that I keep coming back to is we're a team, we're on the same side, nobody's at fault, um, but really like 
reminding myself that this is this is not an adversarial relationship and that yeah that we're really on the same team that we really want we, we really share the same vision and we want the same things um I think I think the other one that I that I go to is, this is a joke between my husband and I which is you're not my dad <laughs> <laughs> So we we have a lot of fun together. We have a lot of play, and especially in those tricky times when either I'm triggered or he's triggered, or you know, and like I'll I might notice myself like recoiling or hearing a direct request in in some kind of confrontational way, which triggers me and my my daddy baggage and whatever. And and like I. You know, I, I still practice this, so it's not always perfect. But there, there are moments where I take a breath and I just like shout back, "You're not my dad! Don't tell me what to do!" You know, and it's just this light moment that 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 keeps me grounded in our partnership and and who my husband is and what we share together. That's so fantastic! And, and here's the thing I love about this, Bex, is and you actually personified it as you shared with. Right. You're like, and I take a breath and I go, you're not my dad. <laughs> and as you did it, you were kind of laughing. Yeah. Because amusement actually is what frees up our energy. Yeah. When we make it serious, it's like concrete setting up and we're stuck. Uh-huh. So when we can, even if it's like something as ridiculous as you're not my dad, <laughs> it breaks that tension. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, so what's really going on here? Yeah. And we can actually have the energy move again. Mm-hmm. So tremendous tremendous way to do that and the more you can you know have that little like you said it's kind of like this unwritten thing between the two of you that you're like this is what it means it means i'm getting tripped up on this and i just have to own it yeah and then obviously he's like okay whatever i'm doing let's just let her get through that (laughs) or whatever you know how can i support her in that because obviously this is not going in a good direction because i know what that means right so we yeah. use those little codes to help each other out without having to go explain it. And you can do that in a group and nobody goes, oh, now you just aired your dirty laundry. No, you guys have your own secret code. That's all you have to say. Yeah. And it, it gives you that space. So that's fantastic. I love that. So Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, well done. And, you know, I want to ask you because obviously as we've talked about, we all trip up, right? We all have our difficulties. And one of the things that, that the listeners to the show love is is our guests are so generous and, and they share their own personal stories. And I'm wondering if you take a time in your life when yeah, you kind of tripped up in partnership and just tell us, you know, what were you doing? What'd you trip on? And then what did you learn from that experience that's helped you move forward? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, I've tripped up so many times. <laughs> Too many times to count. Um, but I think that, you know, one of the, the biggest trip ups that has taken me a while to piece together, because I I find that like, I'll piece together an element of it, which helps me move forward to a certain degree. And then more is revealed or like a reflect. And I understand new depths of that trip up. And one of the things that consistently tripped me up in that, what, 10 plus years of just utterly failing a relationship was that I would be in relationship with someone who a quality, quality person. Like, let's just say like, I, I never had, well, okay, that's not even true either. Like I, I definitely had some really 
real zingers in my in my relationship history. But I also have dated some really quality people. Mm-hmm. And the where I tripped up in those instances was again succumbing to some of the the early childhood programming and 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 self-sacrificing in those relationships giving away my power um people pleasing myself to death exiling my creativity like just shape-shifting and cutting off parts of me that that really made me me and made me whole but my subconscious, my early childhood programming was telling me that it wasn't safe to be that in my relationship. So, and I didn't know any of that when it was happening. I just thought like, oh shit, like I'm growing and I can't, I can't, you know, he can't keep up with me and I'm outgrowing this relationship. And, and I would hit uh, like, and I wouldn't be communicating my needs. And I was like a pressure cooker. And then one day I would just hit my ceiling and it would be a, I call it a dumpster fire breakup, and I, I would <laughs> just up and leave because he couldn't keep up, or he, you know, like I would say. Um, and I can see that now, but I think that, like, at the time, again, it was a very external blaming of, of, the, of my partner mm-hmm. in, as to why the relationship wasn't working. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I thought it was him. I, I, because in my experience was I was being stifled. I was being suffocated. I couldn't, I, I was losing myself and yeah. And then I was just one match on the dumpster and I'm out of here. Um, not proud of it, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, I feel like it's important to share that because I know there's a lot of people out there who are in a similar cycle where they think it's the other person. And until we have enough of those experiences, like for me, I know that after it happened three times over the course of like, I don't know, 11 years, I recognized, oh, wait a minute. That was that was kind of the exact same breakup that I had three years ago, seven years ago. Oh, huh. There's, there's something, there's a, there's a common thread here. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's me. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Absolutely. That's such a great example. And, you know, like you said, when we're in that blame game, we're trapped. Yeah. And because we have, we've given up all our power. Mm -hmm. And there was a a great quote from one of my first guests on this show. His name's Roy Biancolana. And I just love saying his last name. It's fun. Um, (laughs) And he said, there are no aha moments when you're pointing the finger. Ooh, that's so good. <laughs> right? Like it's like, yeah. you're 100% right. Yeah. Because you're not going to get the wake up that's available to you as long as you're looking someplace else. Yeah. Ugh. And we, are, we do have relationships that we outgrow. Mm-hmm. But instead of going, you're wrong for that, it's like, I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't had this relationship. Absolutely. That yeah. was part of it. It's kind of like, you know, when you're a little kid, you outgrow shoes all the time, but you don't make the shoe wrong because <laughs> you grew. Right. You're like, okay, that shoe doesn't fit anymore. I have to move on to another shoe. Mm-hmm. But it, it was great when it fit, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. Yeah. I'm growing. I'm expanding. I can't expect it to grow. 
its role is not that. Its role was to get me to here. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, yeah, the shoe is and, static. It can't change like a human being can. Right. But everybody has their own path. Yeah. And I, and I, was, I had another I was, friend of mine uh, that had a great quote about dating. He said, you know, one thing I realized, even though I dated lots of different people and, you know, could easily say, oh, these were a mess. Every single person I dated was the next step. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, be- I believe that too. It wasn't like a bad thing that somebody was, you know, three steps back. They got you to the next step. Right, right. So it's not a, oh, no, I'm just going backwards. Now, if you're not paying any attention, you just keep jumping on the same step. Yeah, that's different. Mm-hmm. But this yeah. is where we have to take, like you said, take that power back. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing. In these relationships, I wasn't even, I wasn't even allowing space for my partner to grow with me because I wasn't allowing myself to grow within the context of relationship. Mm -hmm. I was stifling myself and I was not allowing, making assumptions about what he would think or how the relationship would go if I did what I needed to do to be me. And of course it's, it's taken me many years to even understand that aspect of it, but woof. Yeah. Yeah. No, great point. So I'd love it if you'd share another story of what I call a duh moment. <laughs> One of those mm-hmm. times when you're like, okay, I can't believe I missed this all that time. Mm-hmm. And just share with us, you know, again, what happened at that point and how were you able to turn that wake up moment into a building block for your future partnership? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. And I'll, I'm, I'm just going to go back to that that moment after that third breakup that it was that sitting in recognition. Well, I mean, it was just so painful. I mean, I knew that, I, you know, just uh, exiting a relationship with a lovely person just so unskillfully and feeling like I just set their whole life on fire and, you know, and just feeling guilt and shame around that. And, you know, from that space, kind of waking up to, oh, like, that that wasn't about him. That was about me. Oh, and so was that last really, and so was that relationship before that. That really was my dumb moment of, like, recognizing that I was the common denominator, that I really held the power in having a different experience in my love life. And so from that point... I started looking at what were the what were some of the other common themes of those three relationships, and um, you know there there were some common themes of like maneuvering or manipulating my way into relationship. Not all three of them, but there was a little bit of like forcing and efforting. Um, you know there there were the the other elements of feeling stifled and suffocated and. You know, and at the time I was thinking it was because I forced the relationship. It was because I, I was not even dating. Like I was just meeting somebody and then getting into relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that was another aha. Like that was, that was one of the steps, I guess, that, that I was reverse engineering was like, okay, maybe I should just try to date just to date. Just release my attachment to the any kind of outcome of getting into relationship and just date for information and feedback. And that's another 
pillar of, of what I work with my, my clients on today. Um, because for me, that was such a huge, like a huge release. You know, I, in fact, like I made a pact. I decided that I would date myself for longer than my longest relationship, which at the time was like two and a half years. So I set out to be a, a like a, a I said a single person for three years, but what that evolved into was just dating for for information, for feedback, for knowledge, for practice. And um, I think that that was a huge, um, huge stepping stone that, that I enacted to prepare me for my relationship with my husband. Um, you know, because in that practice, I... Again, through that radical commitment to myself, it was me prioritizing me again, my needs, my desires, prioritizing the, my absolute truth, the truth of who I am. And that got me, you know, deeper into a passionate, soulful career and creating big art and the things that really lit my soul on fire. Um and, and that, again, you know, is, is what I feel like is, is really the magic ingredient for attracting the right person, the one that, that is that lasting relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I mean, it's like, in, as I like to say, if, if, until you're able to be your best, you can't attract the best. Mm-hmm. There's no way yeah. for that to match because they're not going to know that's who you are. Right. And you're not going to feel like they get you because you're hiding that part. Totally. So it's yeah. like, well, they don't get me. Well, do they know about you? <laughs> right. Well, no, but I, was... I mean, they should just know that I, there's more to me than this. Yeah. But why? Why would they know that? Why would they think that you're hiding the best parts of you? Right. And yet that's what we do because we've been hurt and maybe we felt like we put it out there and that person didn't like it, which means nobody will. Yeah. No, that just means one person. Out one of person. Million. Yep. One. Yeah. Not even a valid sample group. This doesn't count. Yeah. That's a total like whatever. But we do. We get caught up in that. So no, this is this is these are great examples. Thank you for sharing those. So let's turn this around a little bit. Let's let's look at, you know, clearly you're in a different place now. You have success in your partnership with your husband. Share with us like one of those really proud moments where, you know, you think back on it and you're just like that was so cool. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if it's a, a moment that I can pinpoint, but, you know, we when we're talking about, like, our fears and our patterns and, and all that early childhood programming that we're, we're so blessed to be uploaded with, right, um, I... I I don't know. I may, maybe the verdict is still out on this, but I, I kind of co- I, I come from the camp where I, I believe that 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 never really goes away. It never really vanishes entirely. I think that our relationship with it shifts, and we get better skills, and we can slow our reaction time down, and we can make different choices. But I think, you know, from my experience and what I witness in my clients and my friends and my husband, that 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 fear center that those, those programmings are, are alive and well in us. And so what's really cool is that <laughs> doesn't sound like it, but I experienced the same 
ceiling in my relationship with my husband. I was feeling myself stifled. I was feeling myself shape-shifting and exiling the greatest parts of me. Is that and, and recognizing, okay, this is what happens when I'm in relationship. So for me, what's cool is like seeing that like in observation in real time and being like, oh, and then having the skills, the knowledge, the tools to actually do something about it. And not only that, but to have that person in my life that is more precious to me than than my ego of of saying like, uh, like uh, this person's no good for me. This person is squashing me. This person is this, that, the other pointing the finger. And, and coming to the realization, and I think this is the coolest part. So maybe this was the moment, but this moment of recognizing, holy cow, in this particular relationship, it is going to be far less painful for me to look inward and untangle my own emotional knots and iron them out and make different choices, scale up. It's going to be far less painful for me to do that than up and leave again. Because here I've got this person that's incredible, the most, probably the most powerful, strongest, most aligned, lots of magical serendipity that we share. I'm not going to give that up just because my ego is butthurt because I'm, again, giving away my own power. So I guess for me, the, the cool thing has been recognizing when the pattern flares up again in this relationship that is more valuable to me than the pattern and then and then really like sinking into okay committing to untangling the pattern for the sake of the relationship yeah and you know one of the things i always say is partnership is a full contact sport hell yeah <laughs> you're still going to get hit you're still going to have stuff go on and it's like okay but Let's think about this. Do I run away mm -hmm. and just rewind and do it all over again? Or do I let this person support me and, and be there for me and let them know what that looks like for me yeah, so that totally. we can keep moving forward because this person's awesome. And yeah. for me to just go, oh, well, this is what always happens and yada, 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 and live in our story isn't helping anyone. And you're right. guess what? You're going to rewind it and play it again. There's no mm -hmm. way you won't. So what have you got to lose? Yeah. The pain and the story and the isolation that we all create for ourselves. So mm -hmm. it is. Partnership requires, as my friend Alison Armstrong says, the choice you make for partnership is always the one you like the least. <laughs> because uh, it's not just like, oh, this is easy because it's just about me. Right. You have to actually think bigger than you and go, yeah. what's really here? Okay, maybe this wouldn't be my first choice. But my first choice is about self-preservation, which means I'm not in mm. partnership. Yeah. So I have to actually go, what's the bigger story here? Look at this amazing thing that's in front of me. Mm -hmm. Do I want to just be like, nope, I don't care. It's all about me, 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 because mm. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. Or do I want to go, I'm going to step into this. And it doesn't yeah. mean every time the person's going to step up and, and be there for you, but you'll never know. And the worst thing in the world is uncertainty, unknowing. 
looking mm-hmm. back going, wonder if yeah, that's torture. It's why you go back instead of just in the moment going, let's put it out there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And you'll be stunned how many times a person goes, I have no idea. What can we do about that? Yeah, Just, totally. Because well, we don't know what our partner's feeling. Right. We're different people. Mm-hmm. We might have some concept, but we don't know, like, especially because we've gotten so good at hiding it, that people have no idea. And then we're like, well, I don't know why they didn't know. Because you're a rock star at hiding your feelings. <laughs> so yeah. how would they know? Right. So again, this is that part of going... I have to actually, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say this word, trust them. Mm-hmm. That they're invested in this partnership too. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that, that I think we may have talked about this before, Bex, is, you know, the way we really should be spelling the word love is R-I-S-K. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. So we have to go, okay, I'm going to have to put myself out there. I can't sit back and go, no, I'm just going to hide everything and then somehow think I'm going to be loved. Mm-hmm. That's kind of impossible. Right. So thank you for sharing that because it is. It's, it's, it's something you got to make that choice and go, I could run away again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know how to do that. <laughs> and am I happy about the end results? No. Right. Exactly. So thank you for sharing that story. Great, great story. So what I want to do now, because we're going to just kind of shift things because we've gotten to a part of the show I call bring it all home where we're going to step away from the stories a bit and actually leave our listeners with some specific things they can take with them and apply right away and one of the things I'd like to ask is what would you say Bex is is the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received um yeah learn how to communicate (laughs) is probably the top one Um, And I think that I've received and um, given and also come to that advice internally. Um, And I think that that's a fluid process, too. There's there's a number of different ways to communicate with, you know, every individual is different. But um, finding a language that that uh, can be shared between partners I mean, my husband and I use a lot of humor, which is very helpful. Um, And the other thing that came to mind um, when you asked that, which I don't know that I, uh, well, I guess I got this advice through a process that I did, but that was holding myself accountable. Mm. Holding holding myself accountable to me, to my needs, to my desires, because no, nobody else is going to, nobody's, nobody else is going to serve me what I need if I'm not holding myself accountable to those things. I mean, I certainly can ask and make requests, but if I'm not accountable to myself, then I'm not using my voice, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just in this this place of assuming and waiting, and that's that's not partnership at all. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I, I love that. Hold yourself accountable to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, so powerful. So let me ask you this then. If you had to pick one, just one, what would you say is that book or resource that you would recommend to our listeners about partnership and why that uh, one? That one's so hard. <laughs> just one. 
That is a hard one, but um, to give you just one, I love the book, If the Buddha Dated. That was the book that shifted me completely. And that was the last love book that I read before I met my husband. Mm. And um, what it really taught me was how to be neutral in love, how to uh, diffuse some of the emotional fire around the love attraction process and to experience my, my love attraction journey as neutral and, um, you know, neutral in myself and neutral in my partner. And yeah, it was a really powerful, powerful book. Yeah, no, that's a great one. It's one of several that are sitting on my nightstand right now. <laughs> I um, love it. Yeah, no. And your comment about being neutral, I think, is so important because, I mean, I guess another word we could use for that is unattached, right? Yes. Yeah. And when we go in with an agenda, we've kind of already decided the outcome. Mm -hmm. We've got this little tiny box that we're trying to fit everything into. And the, the way I often present it is, you know, when we do that, we're going from our, you know, experiences, maybe something we've read or, you know, our personal experiences, et cetera. And if you think of it as like a recipe book, so that's the things you know how to bake or cook. And you could, you know, try and prepare this, this gourmet meal that's the rest of your life from that little recipe book. Mm -hmm. Or you could let the universe use its recipe book. And all the infinite possibilities it has. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which one would you pick? Totally. Yeah. If we can just go, I don't know where this is going. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to be accountable to myself. And I'm going to step into it and trust that the universe didn't send me here to make fun of me. <laughs> right. It's not a prankster. Yeah. It sent you here as a piece of it to be your best possible expression. So it's constantly setting us up to win, and we're not letting ourselves be open to it because we think we know what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. Based on a handful of experiences that didn't work. Right. So, again, it's when you can be, like you said, you know, neutral, then you can actually just step into that experience of, I think your, your phrase was, you know, dating for research and information. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing what's going on here. Yeah. And some of them are just, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I found this out about myself or whatever it is. But other ones would be like, whoa. Exactly. What's this? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, beautiful, beautiful advice. Thank you for that, Bex. Yeah, happily. Well, I think everyone can tell that you and I could go on about this for about <laughs> three years. So instead of having the world's longest single podcast, uh, what I'm going to ask is if you would let our listeners know, how do they contact you and learn more about what you do, Bex? Yeah, sure. Um, there's several ways. Uh, if anyone was interested in contacting me directly, my website is bexburtoncoaching.com, and that's B-E-X, like T-Rex. Um, and then I have a, a gift there for anybody who's interested in checking out a video series, Mindful Practices for Attracting Love. Um, I'm also on Facebook, same thing, facebook.com forward slash Coaching. And I have a, a weekly live stream that I call Tune Up Tuesdays, where I support people in tuning their heart to the frequency of love. And it is strictly 
just again that 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 energy of who we are, what makes us our most authentic self, the truth of who we are, so that we are the most mag- magnetic to love. And um, I. It's one of my favorite one of my favorite things that I do is this live stream. I I get real and I tell stories from my own life and share stories of, of my clients' journeys and their successes and their pitfalls and um, so those are probably the two best places that that the audience can find me. Fantastic! That sounds awesome. So anybody who is doing something other than writing that down. Don't worry about it. <laughs> when you listen to this, you can just go to speakingofpartnership.com, type in Bex's name, B-E-X, and you'll go straight to her show page, and we'll have the links there for her website and the Facebook and everything, so you can get a hold of her that way. Well, Bex, thank you again for, for being on the show. It's been great chatting with you again, and thank you so much for sharing your experiences with our audience. My pleasure, Ken. Thank you so much for having me, and I Hope this serves the audience and opens their hearts. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.